the volume. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward draft coverage. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports like all-time NCAA scoring leader Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, and many of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round picks. Visit PaniniAmerica.net today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Prime Cuts, the best of the Colin Coward podcast. Let me just say this. It's a good week. Joel Klatt on... Really interesting thoughts on UCLA football. Upset of the week in college football, right? Eli and Peyton Manning may have been the best podcast we've ever done. Nick Wright, my favorite Nick Wright interview ever. This is a really good prime cuts, okay? This is like, if you go to a steakhouse, this would be the best steak. This would be like a $70 filet. Okay, I'm here with Peyton and Eli Manning. uh, Both number one picks. Both two-time Super Bowl champs. Both have been recruited heavily to join the broadcast world. Peyton, I want to start with you. Was it the success of Soup with Coop that led you to believe this broadcasting thing would work for you? Without a doubt. That just uh, solidified everything that I thought. Uh, if you can have a show involving Soup, A, that, that, that just tells you that there's, there's a future there. And you have my brother... Yeah. I mean, I have all these people that text me, hey, I'm doing soup with Coop. And I'm like, like, why are you telling me? Like, what, like, like do you think, I, are you apologizing to me? Are you want me to, like, <laughs> you know, congratulate you? I'm not sure what that means. I mean, Eli and I haven't even been asked to be on soup with Coop. Like, I don't I know. I'm a little insulted. Know, right? Yeah. I mean, what do you have to do to get an invite, Eli? I guess he knows I don't really like soup that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have bad you soup know, history. Yeah. It's interesting because Peyton, I always, it was very obvious. You did a lot of commercials. You were funny. Everybody knew that. And that you had a lot of options. Eli is the Derek Jeter of New York football. He, he, now he's suddenly Chris Rock. We had no idea until he retired. He's the funniest guy in the world. So give me a, a backstory. I didn't think of Eli as broadcast guy. I thought of you as broadcast guy. Are you a little surprised that Eli is now doing a uh, stand-up at uh, Sheboygan on weekends? He's like Mr. Funny Guy suddenly. It's free. It's free to get in to see Eli do comedy. You don't have to pay anything. Actually, they pay you to come in and listen. You know, <laughs> I think I think Eli and I will probably both tell you that what we're doing, Colin, I'm not sure what it is. I'm not sure what to call it. But it's not, it's not your typical broadcast, um, you know, critique if you will it's at least in my mind maybe i'm just lying to myself but 
I kind of see it as just two brothers watching an NFL game at a bar and the viewer is watching it with us and we're watching it as a fan, right? I mean, you may use the word ambassador, but really as a fan, I mean, I, I love watching football. I mean, since I stopped playing, everybody said, oh, you're not going to want to watch football. You're going to miss it too much. Not true. I got to do it for a long time. I love the fact that I got to play it. And now I'm a fan. I like watching Mahomes play, just like I used to like watching Brett Favre play. I like watching Josh Allen play. So I think the fact that I get to watch a Monday night game with my brother that I haven't done since 1993. Uh, you know, Eli never flew to Indianapolis for Monday night dinner in 2007. <laughs> and so th that's cool. And, and we get to maybe take the viewer behind the ropes a little bit on what the coordinator is saying to the quarterback in his helmet. And uh, uh, I'll call the play to Eli, and then Eli will repeat that to the huddle, right? Take people behind the ropes on what that sounds like. What's the quarterback's coach saying to the quarterback when they're looking at those pictures, those tablets on the sideline, Eli and I can give you those conversations. Uh, but the second and one running play, Colin, that nobody cares about, we're not going to diagram that. We're going to be ha having a conversation with Charles Barkley on that play about why he didn't play football. Was he scared to get hit? You know, I mean, how do you change right. basketball? So it's a conversational, it's more casual. But I, I, last thing I'll say, I'll let Eli go. I, I'm going to be hard pressed to say anything negative about a quarterback or a lot of players. If the guy throws an interception, I'm probably going to say, watch this play by this safety, right? This is an awesome play, you know, because I know what it was like as a quarterback. I'm not going to say, how can you do that? Because I did it, right? I threw six interceptions against the Chargers one game. Like, you know, what right do I have to say, how can you do that? So I know how hard it is. I'm going to be a quarterback defender, a player defender. Uh, but I think it'll be fun uh, kind of taking a different approach. Sorry, Eli, I took up all the time. What's your answer going to be? Well, I, that's what I want to hear. I like the idea. By the way, this is what I want to hear, Eli. I want to hear two brothers talk. I'm not looking for Al Michaels. I love him. I love Joe Buck. That's not what I want. How do you interpret it, Eli? Yeah, I think in the same way. I think we can give a, uh, you know, I think we'll be able to tell fun stories. I think we'll, you know, if, we're, if they're playing a game, uh, in, in, you know, Arrowhead, we, you know, we've played in Arrowhead. We'll have stories about, you know, when we played there, but also, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll be talking through some plays, but when there's a great play, when the quarterback changes up protection and picks up an overload blitz and, you know, we can, we can tell the fans, Hey, what is, you know, what he did right there, why he did that, how he did that and how that was communicated without giving away secrets of what the team is doing, but just, what it's like to play quarterback. And when you play quarterback, you don't just know the quarterback position. You know what the receivers are supposed to do. You know what the offensive line is supposed to do. You know every defense, where they're supposed to be lined up and the and the rules, the coverages. So the quarterback is – you got to know at every position uh, their responsibilities. And so we can break that down. Um, you know, when there's really cool plays in, in the design of a play, in the design of a defense, um, you know, we can just kind of give a – an inside look at some of those details and, and have the ability to break those down on, on, on why a play was successful um, from a defensive standpoint and an offensive standpoint. So I think it's just a more casual way to watch the game. I remember we were doing a couple breakdowns and, you know, we we're watching, um, you know, watching the Vikings play. And I'm saying, hey, watch Kendricks right here, how he does this great job of, of, of kind of, you know, baiting the line in the think he's not blitzing, he blitzes. And they're saying, well, hey, it's actually better if you say the number. Like all the fans might not know who Kendrick is. So, <laughs> you know, you don't have to know every number. Just say number 54. That's that's better for us because the fans, you know, that they, 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 they'll be able to understand what you're doing and how you're breaking down that film. And so I'm like, oh, that's even better. I don't have to know every single player's uh, name that's playing. We can we can say numbers. And so just, you know, it's just more of a of a fan kind of watching a game that wants to know a little bit more what's what's going on we we can we can dive into that are you ready to amp up the excitement every college football saturday this year i want you to play my game saturday spreads on fanduel it's called colin coward saturday spreads 10 games make your pick $5000 up for grabs every damn week so at the volume, this is the college football game we've been thinking about for the last several months. It's called Colin Cowherd's Saturday Spreads. So 
We're going to be doing a ton of content in college football inside the garage with Kyle Hamilton and his Notre Dame teammates, the J-Boy Show. Middlecoff and I love college football. Go to FanDuel.com slash Saturday Spreads. FanDuel.com slash Saturday Spreads. Or just download the FanDuel app. Check it out. 5000 bucks each week in prizes. No purchase necessary. Age restrictions apply depending on location. Void where prohibited. See FanDuel.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus and present in Colorado, Indiana, Jersey, Virginia, and West Virginia. New users only. Must wager in designated offer market. $10 first deposit required. 150 max bonus. See all terms at sportsbook. FanDuel.com. Gaming problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, or Virginia or 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you, or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward draft coverage. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports, like all-time NCAA scoring leader Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, and many of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round picks. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out the most popular trading card brands like Prism, Select, Don Russ, and more. For those NFL draft fans, get real-time trading cards after players are picked with Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Coward Draft coverage. Your most successful coach, Dungy's very, I know Tony because I covered him in Tampa. He's He really gave you the offense as he should. You had Coughlin who went from angry Tom to more laconic Tom. He changed. It is interesting. Is that was Tony the perfect coach for your personality, Peyton? And I wonder, was Tom, in, in in retrospect, you're like, intense Tom, Eli, may have been perfect for you. Whereas, Peyton, you're so intense, Tony may have been perfect for you. He was. Uh, he kept me calm. I remember my, our first meeting, you know, he told me, he said, Peyton, I love how aggressive you are. I love some of these throws you make, but you throw too many interceptions. And I'm telling you, if you keep it up, 
oh, we're not going to win games, and defenses are counting on you being impatient, getting frustrated, and you're going to throw them one late in the game, it's going to cost us the game. So kind of right off the bat, I mean, he's so direct and to the point, but in this calm, nice manner, right? I mean, he's not, you know, pointing his finger at me and yelling at me. He's just as calm as he always was. Tony Dungy was as, as calm in the fourth quarter of a Super Bowl as he was out there at practice every day. And that's why you loved him, because when your leader's calm, it's easier for the people following that leader to be calm as well. What, what Tony really did for me as well, Colin, you know, he's known as a defensive guy, but he also was a college quarterback at Minnesota. That's right. So he, he saw it from both sides, but he took me into the defense's mind, and he told me, Peyton, this is what the defense is being taught to do. This is what this safety, this is what his coach is telling him to do. These are the rules of the defense. So these are the holes in those rules. So the plays that you want to call need to be these kind of plays to take advantage. And I'd never been taught that side of it before. My message to young quarterbacks is go spend time with the defensive coordinator on your team. Watch some film with him and see what he's teaching his players. And then you know what they're thinking. And Belichick has done that with Brady over the years. I've heard Tom talk about it. You've seen him watching film together. So Tony just had that great insight for me. And it just took my game to a whole new level. I asked, you know, I asked John Lynch one time, I said, you must be way more comfortable drafting defensive players. He goes, no, I covered offensive guys. Because yeah. I've had more success yeah. with the Niners drafting offensive guys because I know weakness. Uh, and, That's right. You know, Eli, you had Tom. You have a very nice dad, a very quiet dad, your college coach, David Cutcliffe, a Southern gentleman. And then you got Tom, who turns purple. Was there? <laughs> take me to the first purple moment with Coughlin, Eli, and your reaction. I mean, Tom literally looked like a plum in, in when he would get mad. Give me, Take me to the first moment in your reaction to him. You know, I think I, I just appreciated Coach Coffin, and I always like tough coaches. Um, and I just think that's that's just kind of what football is about. It's a demanding coach, and and Coughlin, I mean, if you if you showed up five minutes early for your meeting, if you worked extremely hard and prepared, and and you just liked and loved football, you know, he 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 was okay. He didn't get on you, so he, you know, he saw the hard work. If you couldn't do those three things, you really shouldn't be playing professional football anyway. And those. <laughs> Those are the people he had a problem with, but I mean, he was so much just on preparation. I remember my rookie year, I'm not starting, but it's the first game. And he says, Hey, Eli, I want you to break down all the blitzes um, that the Eagles have done. Uh, that's who we're playing the first game, break down all the, all their blitzes. And for, for these, you know, four protections, kind of our four main protections, I want you to draw up the blitz and how you'd pick them up that they'd done. And so, you know, I just kind of did their, you know, their preseason games. They hadn't done that many blitzes. I did them up. And so all of a sudden next week, I kind of do it, you know, do it then. And all of a sudden still week eight and I'm at to do, you know, it's not just the last four weeks of blitzes. It's eight weeks of every blitz that the team done drawing up the four protections. And, you know, it would take a while. And I thought like, he, I was like, no way he's looking at every one of mine. Like I'm doing a few of them. I just kind of like made up or just like, you know, just kind of got <laughs> tired. I just, I would skip one. Sure enough. You know, he's like, what the hell is this? You like, you're skipping the 76 protection on this one. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, sorry, coach. I mean, he went through every one, red, you know, had the red ink, you know, if I made a mistake. I mean, it was it was 300, 300 um, you know, drawings that I would do a week on all their protections. And he looked through every one to make sure I was knew what I was doing, making the right call and and picking up every blitz that they had done the right way. And so he, you know, but it just it taught me, you know, you know, all of a sudden my when I got to play in my next year, I knew my protections and I knew I never took a hit. Uh, from a guy who uh, I never came to the sideline and said, well, I thought I was going to be protected there when I wasn't. I, you know, I always knew everybody's assignment, what they were doing. and just taught me, you know, so much about preparation and how much you had to do at this level uh, to get an edge on knowing what you're doing and what the opponents is doing. Finally, um, 10 weeks, Monday night football. The reason this is going to be great, because first of all, I think everybody understands what this is going to be. This is going to be brothers at a bar talking football. And so I think everybody's going to get it and everybody's going to love it. But I also think there's something you guys have in common. And this is, it, it speaks again, because you're so, you're just different. I mean, you're, you're upbringing, you both had centers with a sense of humor. 
Jeff, I love Jeff Saturday. And so Jeff Saturday came up to me when I was at ESPN and he just retired and he came up to me and he goes, Hey, you don't remember this, but my contract was up a couple of years ago and you went on the air and talked about me a center for 10 minutes. And he said, <laughs> you said, and I don't, he, he said, you said on the air, listen, Peyton's great, but he's so intense. You better understand it. Being the center for Peyton's no day at the beach. And he goes, literally Polian heard it. And I thought, oh, Jesus. And then, <laughs> true story. And then you had, I just watched the other day, uh, Cooper was interviewing your center. Yeah. We have these glimpses of the center quarterback relationship in both of your lives. I, I mean, I got video of you barking at Saturday, barking back at you. But I always felt Peyton, and I'll start with you, that's a really unique relationship of trust that I don't think fans get. I just, I no. think we all... They, you, you and Saturday, you went back and forth at each other, like like brothers. Absolutely. You know, people talk about a quarterback, you know, you got to get that timing with your receiver, right? That's the first uh, uh, first goal, and you got to have a great relationship with your left tackle. He protects your blind side. That's, that's BS. The, the, the most important relationship you can have as a quarterback is with your center. Saturday and I, our lockers were right next to each other. Every other Colts uh, section was divided by positions, right? Defensive backs over here, wide receivers over here, quarterbacks over here, except for me because I wanted to be right in the middle of the offensive line. I was right in between Jeff Saturday and Ryan Dean, my center and my tackle. Saturday and I sat next to each other on the plane ride, okay? We, we flew the whole flight together, watching film together. This is kind of in the pre-iPad era, right? We still had a computer we're drawing things up on a piece of paper. I didn't room with him because he sleeps naked. I just, I don't want to deal with that, you know, <laughs> a hotel in Minnesota. And I'm, I apologize to the viewers for that uh, vision in your, in your mind. But I mean, you know, we took, you know, 30 snaps uh, before every practice simulating a full speed game. We're pouring uh, water on the ball, simulating a wet ball drill. Jeff's like Peyton, we're playing in the RCA dome this week. Why are we doing the wet ball drill? I'm like, there might be a leak in the roof. I don't know, but <laughs> sure enough, we play in the we play in the Super Bowl, and there's a monsoon in Miami. And Saturday and I have zero fumbled snaps. The Bears have two. Yeah, Jeff. That's why we were doing the wet ball drill back in October in 2003. So uh, it is funny that O'Hara and Saturday look like each other. They I do. Mean, they're similar. Eli, remember the time at the Pro Bowl when when, the, when uh, me you. And O'Hara were talking, and Carrie Collins walks up. He's like, hey, Peyton, hey, Eli, hey, Jeff. And Sean O'Hara's like, uh, actually, I'm Sean, Carrie. I snapped to you for a, yeah. a full season in New York. I'm glad you know who I am. <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the quarterback-center relationship is, I mean, you know, our hands are at places that, you know, usually don't, do not go near another, another man. Uh, you know, it's just, it, it, you get close real quick. And especially, especially when O'Hara, we go out for a jog through and he thought it'd be a good idea to cut a hole in his shorts. Um, so I put my hands under center and I get a nice surprise uh, about what, that, you know, what's invasive. going on, but I can't say anything because I know Coughlin's going to rip them and like make a big deal if, you know, <laughs> if he finds out. So I just had you know, I kind of go to shotgun. And, you know, Coffin's like, why are we running power? Why are we running power out of shotgun? Like, what's Omaha, going on here? Omaha like, shotgun. Omaha, Omaha shotgun. Get me out of here. All right, my buddy Nick Wright, co-host First Things First. So one of the things, Nick, that I try to be aware of, because I've always viewed myself as sort of I'm the judge and the audience. We have, you know, the defense, the prosecution. And the audience is the jury. And I want to render without emotion a verdict on opinions. So I've always tried to be aware of my biases. For instance, if you're not verbal, I think less of you. That's why I Nick Seriani is so bad in front of a mic. And Sean McVay is so good that my immediate bias is McVay is a genius and Nick Seriani is a used car salesman. He just he's just regrettable. And it's not really fair because NFL executives really think Philadelphia is good this year. So I'm saying, okay, 
what I'm doing is it's it's kind of it's kind of verbal confirmation bias that if you're not verbal because I'm in a verbal industry and I find this with Aaron Rodgers and I have to caution myself because I was a, a, a divorced kid. I ended up having to be pretty self-reliant. I had kind of a, I would say, emotionally remote dad and kind of a, 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 a reticent mother, a British reticent mother. Right. And so I, I, I think I'm very self-reliant. So needy guys are a complete turnoff to me, complete, utter turnoff. And I find I find Aaron Rodgers, he needs to constantly let you know, I don't need football. I don't need my family. I don't need teammates. I don't need executives. I Brady and Russell Wilson are the opposite. I need my kids. I need my fans. I need my football. I need my faith. I need my family. So what I'm doing, I'm talking myself out of Aaron a lot because he's the kind of guy, little, you know, Hollywood friends make sense, a little bit of an artist. He constantly needs affirmation and he projects it through the tunnel of, I don't need any of you, which is telling us he needs all of us. And so I do think it shades my opinions on Aaron. Oh, I think, well, so I think that's definitely true, first of all. Second of all, I don't think our job in the media is to be unbiased, not in the sports media. If you're Edward R. Murrow, I suppose it is. <laughs> but in the sports media, we're allowed to be biased. I think our job is to be honest with the audience about our bias. I What I don't like is when guys are clearly cl- you know, cloaked in bias or dripping in bias and they pretend like, oh, I'm not, I have no favorites here. I, you know, I, for, let me give a for instance for me and then I'll address the Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson stuff. I consider the guy who runs the Sixers, Daryl Morey, a personal friend. Meaning if he went to go, you know, run a SPAC and I went to go be a professional poker player and our industries didn't collide at all anymore, I'd still hang out with him. I'd still go see him. Like, we're friends. So it's not my job to not have that bias. It's my job to make sure the audience knows it. So just know, hey, listen, just know when I'm talking about the Sixers, I, you know, I like the guy, just like when he ran the Rockets. I let people know that, right? Um, When it comes to Rodgers and Wilson, I think that's a really, and I never thought of it till just now, a really interesting comp because take Brady out of it. Brady has won so much, and now he's done it with two organizations. He is doing to the quarterback winning record book what Wilt did to the NBA record book. You almost have to be like, aside from Wilt. It's like 50 (laughs) point games, aside from Wilt. You know what I mean? Just throw him out. Uh, So nobody, everybody is going to fail the compared to Brady test. But I do think it's very self-aware of you to bring up Russell Wilson because you love Russell Wilson and have always loved Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson's got the same amount of Super Bowls as Aaron. Yeah. And I think one would argue Aaron never had the Legion of Doom Green Bay Packers version, you know, at any point in his career. True. I know Russell's been to another and could have two, but, but Aaron also has been to five NFC championship games, clearly could have. In fact, you know, the kind of uh, what's fork in the road moment, some would argue, was the one against Seattle where neither quarterback really played well, but Aaron's team was way ahead. And then there's the onside kick and then overtime and Russell goes on. That's why we didn't get Aaron versus Brady in the Super Bowl. And so I do think that there would be, there's a, you know, there isn't really an anti Russell Wilson corner in the media. People either love him or don't really talk about him. And I think it's because he doesn't touch on any pressure points for media members. There's nothing like that rubs people the wrong way. But if his personality were a little bit different, what, you know, could you not imagine the rant of, oh, Russell Wilson, first three years, two Super Bowl appearances, one victory, you know, a playoff record this. Since then, since they turned the team over to him, what's he done? Like, people don't do that because people like him. And so I do think that Aaron and Russell act very differently, obviously. And I, even though, by the way, both married, well, Russell married a celebrity. Aaron is marrying or dating or engaged to a celebrity, has always dated celebrities. But we react differently to them. And I think it certainly colors how they're covered, even though I would say Aaron's play has been a touch more excellent over the course of his career. And they've done the same amount of winning. Yeah, it's... um... You know, Aaron's just, I think, 
I, I, I know for fact that Aaron rolls his eyes a lot at Russell Wilson and some of the religious stuff. You know, Aaron's had uh, a disconnect from his family, evangelical family. And so I, I think even Aaron's talked about this publicly about some I, I think he I think Aaron looks at Russell Wilson and there's been people who have said this before, other players, they don't buy all of what Russell's selling. But for the record, and the religion stuff, I'm not a religious guy. Yeah. And I don't really I don't know what Russell's faith is, and I didn't know the evangelical stuff about Aaron's family till you just said it. So set the religion part out of it. There's a lot of what Russell Wilson does that is eye rollable. Like there is a lot of the and like just so well crafted, manicured, obviously rehearsed personality that doesn't feel three dimensional. Like there is a lot of what I'll use an odd example. They call it gold fishing. Oh, really? What's well, that? Well, I mean, gold fishing is when you go out and you put something on Twitter just so it gets likes. Oh. Like, you know, you say something about an obvious poor taste tweet. Easiest stance ever. And exactly. That you know is going to have 100% approval rate. Yes. That not putting yourself out there in the least. Like, to use the late Kobe Bryant as an example. Early in Kobe's career, he wasn't really interesting to me. Yeah. Because he was so guarded the way Tiger had been basically forever, right? And then Kobe finally, late, late in his career, got to the, pardon the language, I don't give a fuck mode, and got really interesting, right? He got really interesting. And I I would like to see that from Russell. Aaron's always been closer to that of, I think, being his actual self. And now is really, I mean, you can see it even is letting his hair grow a little bit more, yeah. sharing more on social media. You can, I like to get, and by the way, my guy, Patrick Mahomes, it's not that interesting outside of football, like because he is crafting what he hopes is a billion dollar brand. And so it's all, you know what I mean? It's all prepackaged and prepared statements, tweets, how he's going to present himself to the world. Yeah. You know, there is something too um, where I will somewhat defend Aaron because I'm not anti Aaron all the time, although it feels like that, is that both Favre and he, although when they met initially, you could have never convinced Aaron he would become very Favre like. One was Southern, one was progressive, West Coast, yeah. one's Cali cool, one's Southern chill. That they've both become similar in their sort of retirement talk and their frustration with the organization. And I wonder if some of it is this, that when you're in Green Bay, you are the city. I mean, Matt Stafford yep. could put a hat on and walk through a mall in L.A. unnoticed. Mike Trout puts glasses on, could walk through my yard unnoticed. Is that Favre and Rogers are not only great, but they're so iconic and they're so such gigantic celebrities in an area without any, any, without any. It, and by the way, like they would be, this has been, this is why uh, Kansas City, my hometown, it's so important if we get a great athlete that they like it there because there's no famous people. Like there's no famous people in Kansas City. But Kansas City is a two-sport city, yeah. you know, like the 31st biggest city in the country. Like, it's a small market compared to Chicago, Atlanta, all these things, but it's a decent city. There, Kansas City has suburbs, suburbs of Kansas City, far bigger than Green Bay. Like, so it is, it, it, it is an absurdity that Green Bay has a pro sports team, right? It, it's like a... It's it's an outlier that never got fixed because of the history and the league likes or all these things. I cannot imagine it is enjoyable to be the most famous Packer the six months of the year you have to live there. Well, think about this. I just can't imagine it's fun. Both Favre and Rogers were incredibly likable for the first decade of their stay there. Both became a little less likable in their last half decade. So the timing, not suspicious, is interesting. 
is that after 10 years of being almost a messiah, that any human being in that space would be unique if it didn't well, affect let me ask them. You, let me ask you a question, because I don't know this. During the, the end of your time at ESPN, did you live in Bristol? Oh, God, no. Was if you ever had to do things in Bristol outside of the ESPN campus, was it brutal? Because I would imagine it would have been like because Bristol's around like because you're at that point, you were one of, if not the face of the network. There's not a lot in that town other than the network. And I would imagine you couldn't go to like a Starbucks nicely and be like, I don't know. I would imagine there are some comps there for like the most famous people at ESPN, if they are living in Bristol, what that would be like. Well, it wasn't bad at all because, you know, Scott Van Pelt and Steve Levy lived a block away. Right. And now I live in Los Angeles where nobody cares, which I love. So and then I go to Vegas and there's celebrities everywhere. So I've I really prefer being in a place that nobody cares. I don't I want to go and do this weekend. I go to Vegas. I want to be with my kids. I don't want to. If somebody comes up great, if they don't fine. But but. I can't imagine if I live somewhere 10 years, Favre and Rogers, and was the only person of note, it would get annoying. It would have to affect you. And I think the timing is interesting that both Favre and Rogers, at about the same timeline, got a little prickly with the organization, uh, a little more difficult, started hinting at retirement. It's just quite possible that it wears people out. It wears you out. I don't I think it would be illogical for it not to. That's right. Illogical is perfect be, word. I think you would have to be a very unique personality for that not to become, you, you know, tiresome to a degree because they're in because of the way the NFL is set up during the season. Aside from your bye week, you just have that one day off. And when you're in Green Bay, it's not like you can take a day trip somewhere. You know what I mean? I, you can't if you're if you play for when San Diego had a team, right? And you really have you know 36 hours off. You could theoretically be like, man, I'm going to Vegas. I'm going to. I'm taking my own plane. I'm going to Vegas. I'll be back. I, I guess you can do that. But then half your time off is in a plane, like where you know what I mean. There's no like warm weather, cool place to go to close by. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing! I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So whether you're heading out to explore a new trail or looking to set a personal best on your daily run, start your journey off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Discover the power of advanced nutrition for strength and stamina at ProPlansport.com. That's ProPlansport.com. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Bridgestone tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Bridgestone test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be.
Thank you to our friends at Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the 2024 Colin Coward draft coverage. Panini America delivers a premier collecting experience with the most sought-after NFL, NBA, FIFA, and WNBA trading cards. Whether you're chasing rookie sensations or collecting timeless legends, Panini's got it. Panini America is also breaking new ground in NIL, featuring some of the biggest names in college sports, like all-time NCAA scoring leader Caitlin Clark, Angel Reese, and many of the upcoming NFL and NBA first-round picks. If you're into cutting-edge digital collectibles, don't miss Panini's NFT platform at nft.paniniamerica.net with some of the first opportunities to collect this year's rookie class. Whether you're a collector of physical cards or a digital enthusiast, Panini has you covered. Check out the most popular trading card brands like Prism, Select, Don Russ, and more. For those NFL draft fans, get real-time trading cards after players are picked with Panini Instant Cards celebrating the biggest sports moments on cards right after they happen. Visit PaniniAmerica.net or download the Panini Direct app today. Panini America, the official trading cards and NFTs of the Colin Coward Draft coverage. Let's bring in Joel Klatt, voice of college football, Fox. You know, um, I want to really zone in on UCLA's win over LSU. Um, yeah. And, and I remember um, how disappointed Ed Orgeron was when he was overlooked at USC. And I had said at the time, I talked to a USC administrator, and they had said, we just don't know if he fits for five years. Right. I've always thought of him as an elite position coach, a good coordinator, but – I don't view him as a top 10 program head coach long term, although I do think it shows the the talent of Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow made a lot of people's jobs way easier at LSU. Mm -hmm. But when I watch that game, we know LSU has probably more five-star talent than UCLA. UCLA has been maybe fifth, sixth in Pac-12 recruiting so far for Chip right. Kelly. When you watch that game, I mean, I was really taken back. Now, UCLA – I think had 10 seniors on defense. It's a 22, 23-year-old kids. But I was really taken back by the line of scrimmage that I thought UCLA yeah. consistently won. And it's not for lack of talent at LSU. They had big bodies everywhere. That's what jumped out to me. Is it the schematics of Chip? Is it the age, the returning starters? What did you make of the line of scrimmage in that game where UCLA controlled it? Biggest difference for UCLA in years, you know, and and Chip has been doing this now. This, you know, we talk about some guys that are like, oh, they got to come in and build a program, and we all want it to happen quicker than it really can. In particular, when you're taking over a program like UCLA uh, at at the point in which he took it over, and if you, if quickly. He had to tear a lot of things down in order to rebuild them at UCLA. And I think you know what I'm talking about. You're yeah. close enough to Chip. You and I have had those long conversations with Chip. And I don't want to get into the details. But there were times early in his tenure there where they had 56, 57 scholarship players. And that was his choice. It wasn't sanctions. It was, it was him kind of tearing down the program in order to rebuild it in the fashion in which he needed to and wanted to. Okay. And a lot of that was cultural, um, in terms of the culture he wanted to implement and build. Um, a lot of it was the chemistry style of things, but then a lot of it also was like this style of player that he wanted and the, and the style of team that he wanted. And now we're starting to see the fruition of that. It just goes to show you, like, if you're really going to do that and tear something down, you need two things in, in abundance, patience and from, from the administration and then time in order to do that. And he's had it. Okay, so now we get to this point. He's built this team back to where now they do have 116 guys out there in practice, not just 78. They do have their full complement of scholarship players out there, so they're deeper. Um, and then this is what I think is interesting is that I was texting with some people, not only fans. I've got a, a neighbor who's a, a big UCLA fan um, and, and also people that are around the program more closely than just a fan, and they were at the Rose Bowl. And I started getting texts yesterday uh, on the plane coming home. And it was all the LSU people. And Colin, you know what they were all saying? They're like, oh, we didn't realize UCLA was this big. 
they got out there. I think they were surprised with what they saw. They thought they were coming out there to see kind of this middling Pac-12 program in a conference that doesn't have a lot of great line play and that they were going to come out there and bully UCLA. They rolled out there for warmups and looked over there and they were like, oh, wow, like this is not what we expect. I got that text from a few different people, one very close within the program. They thought, and he texted me, he was like, this is this is a little scary. They're real over there. Yep. And, and it's, it's what you're talking about. It's not just the athletes. It was the line play. It was the size of the line. It was the physicality of the line. And, and you're right. They, you know, it really wasn't that close. And I thought that in fairness to him, if Dorian Thompson Robinson is a little more efficient, I think you see, like probably could have put up 45 or 50 points. I feel the same way. Right? Yeah. And, and because it wasn't that close, right? Like LS. UCLA was going to win that game eight out of 10 times. They were the better team. They were more physical. They were more dominant. You know, this is a little in the weeds, but I follow recruiting. UCLA's best two recruits this past year were defensive linemen. Then Mm -hmm. they stole Jay Toya from USC, who was their best interior recruit defensive lineman. So UCLA got three elite recruits all in the same space that Pac-12 teams struggle with, interior defensive line. So, again, that's, that's, right. that's a little in the weeds, but, you know, I'll, I'll throw this at you, too. But, but Yeah, but it's also not, though, right? Like, why has Utah won the Pac-12 South two of the last three years? They play great defensive, you know, on the big. defensive front. Yes, they're big and they're physical up there, and it's a big reason why I think they're going to be successful again this year. You know, it's interesting talking about the transfer portal. Uh, Chip's gotten the bag a couple of times from NFL teams, so he's got plenty of money. You know, you can see him on his bike in Manhattan Beach. He's living the good life, right? And I and I 100%. think, and this is not a criticism of him. Some coaches, I don't know if he feels a kinship to high school recruiting. I don't think he loves it. But the transfer portal is different. You get more mature players. Uh, it's more of administrative than recruiting. Can we get them in, Right. And a lot of these players that leave Southern California because SC and UCLA are down, they go to the South. They go to another yeah. program, the Big Ten, and they're like, I don't like it here. And they circle yeah. back and reach out back to SC and UCLA. He got exactly six, right. six transfer portal players, and I think five started. And I, I just I saw UCLA basketball do this where they lost a great player to Kentucky. The kid's like, I'm not into this. I miss my friends goes back. The transfer portal, I liken it to a much higher end junior college without the whiffs because you know the guys can play. Sure. And I, I do think I, I will and, be and honest. And you don't have academic issues a lot of time either. Joel, I looked at those UCLA transfers and I'm like, oh, the, they've made it, the running backs. That's the difference in that program. So I, I'm not, I don't want to get over my skis here, but I think you know, Chip's a little contrarian as a personality. He is not. <laughs> it's true. It's he true. is. And I kind of think he just, he needs patience. And I think it's going to work for him. Okay, so I don't think it's just Chip. You're talking about the transfer portal. This People are using this really well. And, and one of the things that um, all the coaches that I talk with, you know, getting ready, and we did those two games and, Ohio State doesn't really have to deal with the transfer portal right. because they're, you know, it's it's more so their leftovers are where everyone else goes, right? right to to grab to grab people. Um, but all these other programs, you know, Minnesota had had Niles uh, Pickney. He was a captain for Clemson. He comes in. He's a defensive tackle at Minnesota. Another Clemson kid, Chez Mullins, was the running back for uh, Wisconsin in my game. Uh, he came out there, run for ran for over a hundred yards. Arthur. Um, Ebikady, the defensive end from Temple, he transfers to Penn State. He was a force yesterday yes. and was a big reason why they were able to win that game. That's just in the games I did. You know, say you're talking more about like a Zach Charbonnet who comes into UCLA and is kind of clearly giving them a huge pop at the running back position. Um, the word that keeps coming up from coaches, and I can really relate to this, and I'll tell you why in a, in a moment, is that these players come in with purpose. And it's, and it's a purpose and a sense of urgency that maybe isn't there for a freshman. Because the freshman has just been told for three years how great he is. 
and they come in somewhat entitled and there's not as much of a sense of urgency and, and a purpose there. Okay. They're not up against it as far as graduation. They're not up against it as far as like, Hey, one year until I'm draft eligible. So they don't know what they don't know when they're young. Right. That doesn't mean they can't be talented, but when you get a guy in the transfer portal, he's usually got a, a tremendous amount of purpose. He knows exactly where he wants to go. He puts himself into the right fit in terms of system and coaching staff, and he's going to come there and he has a mission to accomplish. Um, so to your point, I think people are using it really well. Chip's going to be able to use it very well. And, and, and I think, you know, a guy like Charbonnet is a great example of that because it's just not quite working at Michigan decides to come home. You know, what is it? 20 miles from his high school, you know, <laughs> he's playing in the Rose Bowl, which is 20, 15 miles from where he played high school football. And he's more comfortable. And he's playing like it, and he's more purposeful, and he's playing like it. That wraps it up for the week. We're heading into another big week here at The Volume. Make sure to subscribe and follow us at The Volume Sports on Twitter and Instagram. The Volume. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, start it off right with the high-performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And now, for a limited time, get more Cedar Point fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this bundle won't last long. Save now at cedarpoint.com. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah, and some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, tenor girl go shopping. Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.